tonight. Let's all stand. Have a word of prayer. Lord Father, we want to come before you tonight, Father, with our hearts open, Lord. Oh, hearts, hearts open to you, Father. Lord, we want to bring a spirit of worship and of praise, Father. Praise your name. Create an atmosphere that would be inviting to you, Father. Lord, that you would come down and speak to us and speak to our hearts to feed us your spiritual food that would make it help us make it through this dark day, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's uh, sing um, When We All Get to Heaven. I had that on my heart this morning or this, this evening. <clears throat> oh, sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His Sunday know they had a real move of the God, move of the Lord on Sunday, and um, while people were coming forward, I also got prayed for about a, a hurt knee um, that I damaged my knee real bad um, a couple years ago at work, and the connective tissue just was progressively getting worse and worse to the point where some days it'd be hard to even walk. I mean, just if I'd been at work a long time, it was on my feet a lot. I mean, couldn't hardly walk by the time I got home, and um, 
I just got had enough of it, and we got prayed for on Sunday. And from the moment they laid hands on me till right now, I have 100% healed. Amen. 100%, without a doubt, just has not been an issue. I've been in constant pain for two years, and it is gone. So... bunch of emergency vehicles out there and stuff diverting the traffic around it through the gas station and right. yeah, anyway if you have a request upon your heart you want to remember that this evening Melissa's not feeling well want to remember her this evening and there seems to be a little flu bug running around so we just want to kind of get a little gospel fly swatter <laughs> and swat it amen God bless you let's pray father I love you Lord there is nothing like just coming together. Two or three are gathered, there you are. All the cares of the world just cast aside. They'll be there tomorrow. I want to make the most of this opportunity that you give us, Father. And Lord, we just pray for those that were in that accident, Father. Sometimes you wonder if people have passed on or if they're hurt. Father, it's so busy out there, so chaotic. I pray that you be with them, Lord. Remember Sister Melissa, Father. Lord, we love you. And we come here, Father, not just to be seen. We want to see you. We want to receive what you have for us, Father. And I just pray that in Jesus Christ's name, you would touch all those that are being affected with symptoms of this flu or sickness running around. And I made light of it, Lord, a gospel fly swatter. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we just condemn that thing, Father. Touch each and every one, Lord, I'm praying. I rebuke you, devil. In Jesus Christ's name, as a child of God, he said, ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. And that's what I'm asking this evening. Pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings, Father. Bless your children, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing that song. Uh, How great is our God, name above all names. Um, Got the first verse? Start me off here. trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. 
When pains of death seized on my soul Unto the Lord I cried In came and made me whole I would not be denied No, I would not be denied I would not be denied Till Jesus came and made me whole I would not be denied As Jacob in the days of old I wrestled with the Lord And instead
sing that song a little bit to remind myself that it won't be long. Gotta sing um, uh, as we invite the minister out, sing this song, uh, Nobody Loves Me Like You Do.
I might need it though. Just turn it off. All right. Well, praise the Lord. That'll wake you up. Everybody awake? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. If you've got your Bibles while you're standing, let's turn to Daniel, the 10th chapter. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. You could have been anywhere else. And you can live any way you want to live. I'm just glad I chose. To live for the Lord. Amen. Amen. He actually chose me. Amen. I can live any way I want to live. Daniel 10, the 11th chapter. I'm sorry, 10th chapter, 11th verse. And we'll read this and you can be seated. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Let's bow our heads this evening. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, to be gathered once again in this house of worship that's set aside, dear God, to where we can come in out of the weather, Lord, and, and be able to just gather together and get our little licks of fire together away from the, the toils of the day, Lord, and the spirits that we battle all day in the world. And Father, it's such a refuge to be able to come in and, and be able to, to see other 
brothers and sisters of like precious faith, Lord. It's such a joy to me, O oh God. As David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And Father, we know that you're wherever we are, dear Father, and we're, we invite you tonight. You said if there's just two or three gathered, you'd be in our midst. And, oh, God, we're so glad, Lord, of that promise. And Lord, we're waiting and expecting for thy great appearing tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So we're so thankful to be here, like I said, in the house of the Lord and place that's set aside for worship and, and is, and is um, dedicated to the Lord. And I tell you, there's, there's a lot of folks that don't have that. And we are, we are blessed. Um, there's many people that live in areas where they don't have a church to go to and, and, um, or if they do, they're maybe they don't agree with maybe what's going on at the church. And, uh, I tell you, I've been there, I've been there a few times and, and so we're just thankful that, that the Lord has a place for us to come and, and you can just, just come and just be able to just relax and hear the word of God. You you don't have to, you don't have to hear this one here. Okay. Well, I guess that one's, yeah, you can just take this here. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now, can you hear me good? I speak loud enough. Usually you don't have to, I don't need a microphone half the time especially when the Lord starts anointing. But, you know, like I was saying, you, you come here, and like Brother, Brother Jason said, no, none of these ministers have an agenda. And it's just so good to be able to come and just, just be able to hear the Word of God, hear it, hear it preached in spirit and truth. Amen? And, you know, this message that we believe, it's, it's I hope we never take it for granted. It is an absolute supernatural message. It, it's... You know, the, the world takes the word supernatural and they say, well, it's something of a ghost or something like that. They've got shows and all that. But supernatural is, a, is an awesome power that's outside of this world. And the very, if you think about the very, um, the very essence and the very existence of, of Israel, the nation in and of itself is supernatural. Come from Abraham and Sarah who were for all intents and purposes, dead as far as childbearing goes and, and child rearing. But God took those and, and literally turned them back to a young man and a young woman. And from them came the entire race and the civil and the and the and the nation of Israel. What a supernatural God that we serve. And I was reading in the Bible and it said that the Lord God, or in the Bible it was translated Jehovah. Elohim, the Lord God. And I met a man the other day, and I was talking to him, and I got talking, I was asking him, he was just talking about the Lord, and I was working on his propane tank, and just a really kind old gentleman, probably in his 80s or so, and I was just talking to him. I said, are you a, are you a preacher, sir? He said, no, sir, I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And I said, oh, boy, I've done it now. <laughs> but, you know, we had a good, we had a good conversation, and and, and I tell you what, he loves the Lord. He may not understand everything I understand, but he, he loves him the best that he knew how. And I was just trying to talk to him a little bit. And, and, um, and he said, uh, 
he said, sir, would you like a, no, after I got done, I was just working. I did a lot of extra things for him. He's like, he's like, man, can I do anything for you? I said, won't you get me a bottle of water? And I always try to do that for, for people that, you know, Brother Brown, he, he told Brother Hickerson, he said, do nice things for people to get them to do nice things for you. And he said, in doing so, they may inherit eternal life. You know, I believe that. I believe that. We don't, we don't understand God's ways a lot of times and the things, but I certainly know that he promised that. Amen. But we're, I was just reading in, in Ezekiel a little bit ago, and I'll get, I'll get to back to Daniel. But, you know, if we want to look at where we're living today, you've, you've got to, the hardest thing about looking at a map, you can take, you can take a map and you say, okay, I want to get to Pikes Peak over here. But before you can get to Pikes Peak, you've got to know where you're at. Because if you're looking on that map, you, you might think you're up here in this corner. But in, in reality, you're way down here in this corner. So one of the hardest things that you have to learn is where, are, where am I on this map? And so they make it easy for you at the rest stops. Sometimes when you go to the rest stop and, and you go there and, and, you're, and you look at the, the picture of the state of Georgia or South Carolina, it'll say, you are here. <laughs> that makes it easy. And that's God's word tonight. We've got a road map. And not only do we have a road map of telling us where it started and where it's going to end, but it even tells us where we are at, in this map. And even beyond that, we live in an in a age now that the, the measurement of, of, of where we're at is beyond a compass now. It's, it's beyond kilometers and miles. It's, 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 a, it's out of this world now. They, they've sent up the satellites, and now we don't even have to have a compass and, and, uh, and to get our uh, a range uh, from the mountain peak or from the, even the sun anymore. We can pick up our phones, and it tells us, you are here. You're going here. It's going to take you this long to get there at this speed. Now, be careful. There's, there's wrecks up. I don't know how in the world it knows that there's a traffic jam up ahead, but it knows it. And it tells you all these things. But it, it just mirrors what God has done in this day with this message. That is a supernatural message that is lifted above all the ways of man, all the denominations of this world. It's went into the upper stratosphere, out of, into the, in, out of this world. And it mirrors exactly with the, the progression of the, of the opening of the word. It was horsepower and then cars. And then in like from 20 years, they went from horses to flying in airplanes. And then from there to jet plane. And now they're even going to Mars. So it's completely left this world and it's going on out. It's a supernatural message. Don't ever take it for granted. And, and, we, ser and we serve a supernatural God who had a supernatural prophet in this day. Amen. Amen. Who had a man that was born for this purpose. You know, you can say, well, I want to be a prophet. Well, you can say that until doomsday, and you'll never be a prophet. Right. Now, you might prophesy. The Spirit of the Lord might come upon you, but that gift was given to one man in this generation. Amen. It wasn't given to just anybody. And when Brother Branham left the scene, I heard a brother say that, that it was like... Uh, Old, uh, old man, old McDonald's farm. That it was a here, Joshua, there, Joshua, everywhere, Joshua. They all thought they had the Joshua ministry. I'll leave that lid off there. <laughs> 
and it's true. But who is, who is Joshua in this day? It's the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us. In Jeremiah 31, it said in that day, what? When the, when the latter rain would fall, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. But he said, in that day, you won't have to go to your neighbor and teach him. You won't have to go to this man or that man and teach him and say, no, God. He said, I will be in them already. He was, for, he was already prophesying of the Holy Spirit coming in. He said, when, the, when he, that spirit comes into you, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Amen. Amen. We still need ministers. We still need men of God to stand up here and rightly divide the word. Amen. But he said on that day when that Holy Spirit comes in, it's not gonna be an intellectual conception. See, you might know intellectually and that's good to lead you there. And we should know it intellectually. Amen. Amen. Am I going too fast for you? (laughs) But it's, it's gotta be more than just an intellectual conception. It's gotta be the Spirit living in you, amen. Now, I want to go back, like I said, I was reading in Ezekiel, how that in Ezekiel, he saw the glory of the Lord leave the Ark of the Covenant. And then he said, the next time he saw it, it was at the door of the temple. And then it moved out of the door of the temple. And then the next time he saw it, the last time he saw it, it was over the mountain toward the east of Jerusalem, and it departed. And it never again returned to Israel, ever again, until, amen. The glory of the Lord, what was it? We look at the moon on the way over here tonight. I was looking at the moon and I said, you know, the moon is a type of the church and the moon has no light of herself, but she reflects the light of of the sun. You can't see the sun at this moment, but you can see the light reflecting, amen. And it's the glory of the sun shining on the moon that West reflecting to us. And it's the same as the church and you and I. We reflect the glory of God in our lives. We should re- this church should be reflecting the light of God to this dark world, amen? So on the way over, I saw it and it was shining down on the water and I said, how beautiful it is. But in all that darkness, there's still God has a light up there. And so that was the glory and, and, and those lesser lights and the planets in the sky, they we go out at night and look at them and, and I'll say, well, that's a planet there and that's a planet there. My children always say, well, how do you know it's a planet? Because there's one way to know there, if it's a planet or not. Stars twinkle and planets don't. They're not up and down. They're not going here and there. Those planets, those planets are just solid. They're just steady. See, they're just up there. So is the moon. It doesn't twinkle. But the stars, you can see them, they'll be twinkling, but the planets won't. And so the Bible tells us that God made the lesser lights, amen. And he put them up there. So we know that's the glory of the sun shining down. We can still see it even even in the absence of the sun, amen. Amen. And so we live in this dark hour and this dark day that we live in. Brother Branham said that right here in this channel that we live in is uh, is all black. He said it's a conglomeration of sin and, and, and just all kinds of foolishness and just blackness going, streaking through. He said, but every now and then you'll see a little light will come through. He said, that's the believers, amen. And he said that down below it is a trinity and down below, and that first is, a, is the souls of the unjust that have died. And below that is demons even farther than the, than the, than the, the ones that died without knowing God. And then below that is hell itself. But above that, 
above us is another trinity. He said it's the Holy Ghost above us, amen. amen. And that's where we're either influenced by one or the other. And above, the, above that is the angels, he said. And then above that is heaven itself, the third heaven, as Paul exclaimed, explained about going to. And he said, we're either gonna be influenced from below or from above. I want, I want to be one of those little lights going through this darkness tonight. Amen? I don't, like I said, I don't really need a microphone too much. But as Ezekiel saw the pillar of fire leaving and the glory of God leaving off of the Ark of the Covenant, it used to rest between the two cherubims, right on the mercy seat. And so he saw it leaving and it went away and it kept going. But it never returned again until... There were shepherds in the field one night and they were tending the sheep and the angel came down and the Bible says the glory of God shone round about those shepherds, amen, and heralded the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth being born. And I'm not preaching a Christmas message, although it'd be a good time to do it, wouldn't it? And so that, that was the glory of the Lord, but it still hadn't come into the temple yet. But the glory of the Lord came into the temple just a little while later when Simeon picked it up, amen. He said, now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace for I have seen the salvation of Israel, amen. He saw the glory of the Lord. Now, even, even there wasn't the glory that he talked about in Ezekiel 43 when he saw it come back into the temple. That's in the millennium when the new Jerusalem comes down and the new temple and then the glory comes back. But so Jesus came and he, and he lived among us. And so we saw his, we, we beheld him as the Bible says. Not, there's nothing about him that any should desire him. But, and that wasn't the fulfillment or the fullness of his ministry was just to come and just to walk among us. But the whole purpose of his ministry was to come, was to die on the cross and pay the price. Why? So that he could then come back into the believer to sanctify you and I to make a new covenant. Brother Branham said that when he was in that little Dunkard restaurant and he was criticizing that old woman for looking the way she looked. And he said, I was just like, Lord, why don't you just wipe it off the face of the earth? Why don't you just get rid of all of it? And he said, the angel of the Lord said, come aside. And he said he went behind the door and he saw the world turning. He said, I was in another world. And he said, I saw the world turning. And around the world, he said, was a rainbow. That's what he said. And he said, the rainbow was the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, every time I would commit a sin, he said, I would, I would see the Lord, his head would throw back and it would, and it would just, the blood would fly. And he said, that rainbow was the new covenant that God had made with man. He said, if my sin had ever got past that to God, he said, I was a dead man. But he said, he kept it and then he see another sin and another one, he said, Lord, forgive him. And he said, he saw himself looking down at a book, all the sins he'd ever committed. And he crawled up and looked at it. And he said, oh my, he said, Jesus reached in, into his side and touched his side and pulled out some blood and wrote pardon across the top of the book, picked up the book and closed it, threw it behind him into the sea of forgetfulness. He said, now I've forgiven you, but you want to condemn her. He left from there and went out there and he said, I want to talk to you for just a moment and led the woman to Christ, amen. That's the God I serve tonight. He's just as alive tonight as he was then. He's as alive tonight as he was at 65, 55, 
in, in, in uh, year 05. <laughs> oh my, is that right? So when the, when the glory of the Lord came back, what was it? It, it wasn't just the purpose of him to come and walk in, in flesh, but it was to fulfill the purpose of sanctifying you and I and making that new covenant. John saw him when the angel came down. What was it? Clothed with the cloud like the brother sung tonight, he wraps himself in light and he clothes himself and he wraps himself in glory and blinding light. And then he came down with a rainbow about his head. What was it? That was the covenant that he made with you and I. The new covenant, no longer with the blood of bulls and goats, but now his very blood was taken. What was it? It wasn't just a, a priest could go back and they could sacrifice and they had to take a gift behind the veil and they had to be sanctified themselves and they would go behind the veil and sprinkle it once for themselves and once for Israel and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. But oh, once and for all, Jesus went beyond the veil and he took the greatest sacrifice that was ever, ever made was his very own blood and he sprinkled it for you and I and it's still there tonight, amen. And so that, that, that glory of the Lord hadn't been seen again. And then on the day of Pentecost, he said, oh, Terry there for just a little while. He didn't say go up there and pray and go up there and have a revival. He said, just wait, just go up there and wait. Brother Branham said, I imagine they were sitting around making things right for about 10 days. Brother, I'm sorry I said that to you a while back. You remember when I had maybe a little attitude or something, and I just wanted, he said for about 10 days, they were making things right with each other. Amen. And then about that time, the Holy Ghost came in. The Bible says like a rushing, mighty wind. But if you look it up in the, in the Amplified Bible, it says like a, a uh, almost like a hurricane is what it sounded like. Like a roaring, rushing wind, like a hurricane that came through that building and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the glory of the Lord then could come upon the believer. No longer was it just sitting on the mercy seat. No longer was it just hovering around in the, in the sky. But now it came in the believers that believed on him and were sanctified. You and I have the same opportunity tonight. Oh, how we ought to live how we ought to reject the things of this world, this untoward generation. Oh my. And just grow and just keep marching on. Don't look back. Don't look to the right or the left, but just keep marching on. Oh my, just like the believers did back then. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. That means it's the same tonight. Glory be to God. You love him. He'll be the same tomorrow. Oh my. If the, if the world should stand. And then I met a woman in Jeffersonville one time. We were down at the river at Spring Street. She got to testifying. She said that her grandmother was there in 1950 at Houston, Texas. When W.E. Bass had, had made the uh, the the proclamation that he was gonna prove Brother Branham was a false, was a deceiver. And Brother Bosworth was there and Brother Branham. And they said that when Brother Branham got up to the podium, she said, I watched him as he walked down there. And she said, as a, just a, in just a moment, he started to say something. And then all of a sudden, 
This was her testimony. She said it looked like a million stars, the stars I was just talking about. A million of them all came together and formed that light over his head and the photographer snapped the picture, amen. That's the God that we serve tonight. That was the glory of the Lord that had not been seen for 2,000 years nearly. It struck Paul down on the road to Damascus when he's on his way, screaming out blasphemies, screaming out all kinds of threatening to put people, brothers and sisters like you and I, in prison. You want to talk about unmerited grace, unmerited favor. That was Paul the apostle. He wasn't looking for Jesus Christ. Oh, he thought he was safe in all of his denominationalism, in all of his uh, creeds and his dogmas. And he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was of all of them, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. And he put all of his, he rested in all of that. Oh, but something happened to him. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Lord, he had enough sense to know that was Jehovah God. That was Jehovah Elohim. Lord God Almighty, he knew only him and only him could have been that pillar of fire. He had enough about him to know that. Oh, Lord. He said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. Who are you persecuting? I can imagine he said, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting, Paul. Oh, my. Could you imagine how he felt? Oh, my, as he stood and he remembered how he held the, held the coats or for when they stoned Stephen. Oh, what a saint. How he stood there. And he was consenting of his death. In today's society, if you're consenting of somebody's death, you are an accessory to murder. And you will pay the same price. Amen. He was consenting of his death. He said, it's okay. Oh my, you know that he had to, he had to feel uh, such a weight of guilt. No doubt many times. Thank you, brother. Glad to see you, brother Jason. Oh, that old devil, he's fighting. He's fighting too. He's been fighting us ever since camp. I don't know about y'all. He's been fighting his, his one sickness is another. Oh my, but you know that he had to go and he pre had to preach. I've thought about this many times. He had to go and he had to preach to Stephen's family. Could you imagine that? Oh my, but somebody say a little something about us and we'll get all huffy and we'll get all puffy and we'll leave church and we'll say, well, I don't need to go up there no more. You don't know how so-and-so treated me. You don't know what so-and-so said about me. Oh my, but they had to go and sit and listen to the man that was consenting to Stephen's death. Oh my, you talk about forgiveness. You talk about the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost in their life for forgiveness, amen. Let me tell you something. Jesus won't tell you to do it if he don't give you the equipment. He said, when you pray, forgive. He said, now, if they ain't done too much to you, forgive, no, he didn't say that. He said, when you pray, forgive. Oh my, if her brother's got all against you or you got all against him, both ways. You ain't going to get by with it either way. Say, well, I ain't done nothing to him. Well, he's got something against you. Jesus said, go to him. Is that right? He said, when you prayed and you got all against him, stop what you're doing and go make it right. Oh, my. We get a little something. Somebody says a little something against us. We use that as an excuse to stay home. We use that as an excuse to not have to go or, I'm, or even say, well, you know what? If that's how the it ain't, church ain't nothing but a bunch of old hypocrites, well, let me tell you something. If, you, if that keeps you out of church, 
then them hypocrites are closer to God than you are. Think about it. That man that you call a hypocrite, he, at least he's in church. Oh my, I've heard it. But they had to go and they had to listen to it and they had to forgive Paul, amen. Oh my, God help me tonight. Help me be the same way. But then they saw and he clipped that picture. It was all six of them were blank. One, two, three, four, five, six. He had his finger under Brother Bosworth's nose. He said, get one like this here in my fist like that. And every one of them came out blank, except for that seventh one, amen. <laughs> oh my, oh my. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, amen. For it is power, amen. It's power to save you. It's power to keep you. It's power to clean up your dirty life, Amen. It ain't a license to go out and do whatever you want to. Like I said earlier, I live exactly how I want to live. I do everything I want to do. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, you do everything you want to do because what you want to do is what he wants you to do. Amen. Oh, my. That's where I want to be. I want to stay in that presence all the time. Oh, my. How many in here has ever failed? Oh, my. Then, then your failures. <laughs> You're a bunch of failures. Let me tell you something. My God is the God of failures. He's the God of a bunch of failures. He said, I'm the God of Abraham who was a failure. Amen. Glory be to God. I'm the God of Jacob who was a failure and a shyster. Oh, my. God of Isaac who did the same thing his daddy did. Amen. But you know what he told Moses when he met him at the burning bush? He said, I'm the God of your father, Amram. Oh, my. He's the God of Jason Watkins tonight, amen. Oh, my. He's the God of Joe Howdyshell. He's the God of Jason DeMars, Brother Brad. Oh, my. All these brothers, these sisters in here. One day, if the world would tarry, there'll be another book of Acts. I believe that. I believe there's something, there's, a, there's, a, there's something coming for this bride. The world's not going to see a revival. They've seen all they're going to see, and they rejected it. They denied it. They called it of the devil. They said it was telepathy. They said everything about it. But let me tell you something. This little bride, oh, she's having a revival now. What is, a, what is the definition of revival? Coming back to the word is what Brother Branham said. The true definition of revival ain't shouting, running around, putting up a tent and going around, which those things are fine. I love them. Let me tell you something. I'll be right there in the middle of it. I'll be shouting and hollering and everything else. But true revival is when you come back and line up with every word of God. That's a revival. Because let me tell you something. When that happens, that's the stimulation. There's no stimulation like revelation in your heart. That's true stimulation from God. You want to see me cry? You want to see me shout? I'll shout at ball games too. Don't get me wrong. Ask my youngins, they'll tell you. But I shout when I come to church too. I ain't one of them that just claps and hollers when UGA gets a, a touchdown or, or the Braves hit a home run or whoever. All right, Clemson or whoever. I'll give you that or whatever. Gamecocks. Oh, <laughs> oh I might have told on myself, ain't I? 
Uh, when I moved to Georgia, I was, I was born in Georgia. I moved away and came back. I found out there was two major religions in Georgia, Southern Baptist and college football. <laughs> you better believe it. That's the two religions in Georgia. I reckon South Carolina too, I guess. Oh, my. Oh, but God is faithful, ain't he? My goodness, I ain't even gotten to my text. Well, glory be to God. So Daniel, he said, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. Oh, my. The first day, the first day that you even set your heart. What is it? And to chasten yourself before God. Wonder how many times do we ever chasten ourselves? We ever really deny ourselves? I'm not gonna, if I start telling you I fast all the time, you know I'm gonna be lying because you can look at me. But we need to, we need to fast and pray. Is that right? We need to. That's part of it, to chasten yourself, check yourself. I like what Brother Abraham said when he was here and did the, the, did the Bible study that morning. He was talking about when God sent, when God sent Moses, when, when he met him at the burning bush and sent him down to Egypt. And then he met him in the way with a flaming sword and was gonna kill him because he hadn't circumcised his boys. See, have you forgotten the covenant I made with Abraham? See, did you, did you just run off or did you stop for just a little bit and take note and take stock of where am I on this map? See, you are here. This is where you're at. Where am I? Put in the GPS. Punch it in. Where am I? Well, you, before you go down and do that, have you forgotten my covenant? And he circumcised his boys. Why? Because he hadn't stopped to take time to chasten himself and to reflect upon the word of God. Amen. He just ran off half cocked, as they would say. Mm. See, I'm the God of Amram. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Jacob. Oh, glory to God, I'm going down. Wait a minute. Hold on just a moment. There's some things you've got to do first. You've got to take stock. Amen. If things ain't going right in your home, things weren't going right in his home then. Brother Bram said he got him on the backside of the desert and gave him a hot-tempered woman to, to cool him down. That's what he said. He sure did. He had a hot temper. He killed that Egyptian. And all the, all the education, all the training that his parents had given him, all it ended up in is a dead Egyptian buried in the sand. Amen? Why? From that temper, he thought he could do it on his own. He said, well, I can do this. Oh, my. Mm. Intellectual conception. We need intellect. We need it to bring us closer to him, but it can't all be that. It's got to be more than that. See, God had anointed Samson many times. He had anointed, and he flirted around with disaster many times. And I've often wondered how in the world did he let her trick him so many times? Well, if you bind me with new cords and you wake up, honey, the Philistines are here. Oh, how did these new cords get on me? You know, or, or if you do this or do that. And, and, then, and then he wouldn't tell her the secret, but he kept flirting around. 
until he finally gave it away. The Philistines be on thee. Wasn't no going back then, see. See. Maybe that's just like you and I sometimes. Maybe we flirt around with the world too much, see. Maybe we say, well, I I can do it one more time. It'll be fine. Mm. Man. Maybe, Maybe it'll be okay to wear these little clothes I got on. Or maybe it'd be okay to watch this movie I've been watching. I'll go back to church and I'll get another blessing. See, God will forgive me for that. Yes, he will. He will. He will. He will. He will. That blood will keep flying off of Jesus. It'll keep that rainbow that Brother Branham said, that covenant. Every time you sin, I should sing a song. Does he still feel the nails? Every time I fail. Have I crucified you, Jesus, with my sin? Oh, I'm tired of playing games. I really want to change. But see, it ain't just me changing. Oh, I've got to exchange my life for his life. See, it ain't just turning over a new leaf. It ain't just putting on a new hat, putting on a new pair of shoes, just coming to church and and playing the part and singing the songs. But in the end, before his enemies could finally be slain, Samson had to die. And you and I do too. Oh God, once more, Lord. Once more, send your spirit, Lord. Let me die with this bunch of devils that's harassed me. Let me die, Lord. And let me tell you something, when you die, the Bible tells you then you're risen to walk in newness of life. Because as long as it's you, as long as it's Brother John Linichek, or as long as it's Sarah Yance, or Brother Ken Boos, you ain't never going to make it. But you've got to exchange your life for his life. You've got to die to yourself. You've got to die to sin. Joe Hollishell will never make it. I'll never make it on my strength. I'll never make it on my holiness. It's like taking this handkerchief and going up to the Circle K and cleaning that toilet and wiping the floor up and me taking this rag and say, oh God, here's my righteousness. It's a filthy rag to God. All of my righteousness. All of my righteousness. Everything that I could do is filthiness for a holy God. The brightest light, a million suns, would be like a black spot to the glory of God. When Ezekiel saw it come back into the temple, Brother Branham said on the, on the, um, the future home, he said that the lamb will sit on the throne, amen, and the pillar of fire above him. And that light will shine down through that beautiful golden city. The Bible says it's transparent gold. And so the very bottom level of that city, he said it's pyramid shaped. How many knows that? Pyramid shaped, four square bottom, as high as it is wide. But it's in a pyramid, it goes up. And it comes down and the, and the lamb sits on the throne. And, and uh, there won't be no day in there. Well, it won't be no night. It'll always be the light of God shining and it'll shine down the lamb, the light, the glory, the pillar of fire, the Shekinah glory 
the glory I was just talking about, oh my, it'll shine down through that glorious city and all the jasper and the sardis stones and the topaz and the emeralds will be shining and the gold, it'll reflect the light and it'll, the bottom of the city will be just as bright as the top. Even the streets are made of transparent gold. We can't even imagine. Paul said, eyes not seen, ears never heard. What is waiting for you and I? Oh, what a little thing it is to chasten ourselves, to deny ourselves, amen. Oh my, God help me tonight. You wanna go see that city? Oh, I'm bound for a city of beauty so rare to live with my Savior eternally there. That's an old song there. No more disappointments in heaven I know. Through troubles and trials, I have but one goal. That's me, one goal. Sister Dead, you probably heard that song. <laughs> That's one of those oldies but goodies. Oh my, there's just something about them old songs. Oh my, they really meant something. I like the new ones too, but those old ones, oh my. Mm. For the day that I chasten myself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Now, I want to go over here just a moment, and I want to tell you we got about, okay, I'm about halfway done there. All right, praise the Lord. You love him tonight? Is, is this okay? All right, now, now I want to talk to you about, about that angel, about that healing angel that came. Brother Branham talked about, I, I talked on this on, in Sunday school you know, a lot of you may not have been here. So if, if you remember this, just bear with us and maybe the Lord will anoint it afresh. And, and I, you know, sometimes I, I'm kind of reticent sometimes to preach the same thing. I'll go, and my kids, they bless their hearts. They got to hear me preach sometimes the same thing. They're like, but daddy, it's always a little bit different. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it's always a little bit different. <laughs> it ain't never exactly the same. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm glad. Now, now this is on Speak to the Rock in 53. Now get this name now. See, so you can write to her. So I'll, I'll wait a minute before I call her name and address so you get your pencil and piece of paper. Now, who's he talking about? Georgie Carter. See, Brother Branham had a vision, and, and he, was, he, was, he saw he was in, in a bramble in briars, and, 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 he, and he saw and he heard, saw a little lamb, and all he could hear was it saying, Milltown. Now, wait a minute. This is the prophet of God that was caught up in a constellation of angels, that, <laughs> that has revealed the seven seals to us, that has seen all of these visions in great detail. He saw the little boy years before in Finland who was killed, ran over by a car. His little leader hosen was torn. His shoe was knocked off. His blood was coming out of his mouth. He had all of this detail written down. And he said, now write all this down in the fly leaf of your Bible, even the scenery, even all of these things that he saw. But when it came to Georgie Carter, all he heard was Milltown. And he didn't even know where Milltown was. Sometimes we get frustrated. We're like, well, I've prayed and, and I'm just, I, just, I just need an answer from the Lord. I just need to know. Well, why don't you wait just a little while and see what the Lord will tell you? That's one of the hardest things for us Christians to do sometimes is just wait. Just wait on God. We're so busy talking. Why don't we get quiet sometimes? Amen. Just get quiet before the Lord in the morning. 
oh, in the morning time when you get up, before you even look at any schedule, before you look at anything that's going on, you just get alone with you sit down and say, Lord, I love you. The sister Rachel got my wife that book, Streams in the Desert, and it's got a scripture and poems for every day of the week or of the year. And I, I tell you, it's been such a blessing to us. And we'll, we'll use it, at, like if something happens, we can't do it in the morning, then we'll use it for like a Bible study or devotion that night. It's such a good, but just get along with God and just say, oh, Lord. What would you have me to read this morning, Lord? What would you have me to listen to? What would you have me have me to think on? And just start looking through your Bible. Oh, and, and it's just like a, the scriptures just jump out at you. Maybe maybe even comes in your mind and you turn to it and say, "Oh my, well, thank you, Lord, for for showing me your word, for showing me these things." Brother Branham said when he had a question uh, one time, he picked up his Bible and he said, "I was holding it for ten minutes before the Lord told him where to turn." My, we can't hold it to hardly 10 seconds. Oh, my. Well, so he calls, he, see, he hears a vision or hears a voice about, he says, Milltown. Well, you know the story. Many of you can probably quote it by heart. But, oh, it means so much to me because what was it that took um, so long for the angel to get to Daniel? See? And so I'm thinking, well, this is God's messenger on the earth with a, with, a, with a gift of discernment. First, a sign in the hand to touch somebody and he could feel the diseases and he knew these things and he could, and he could even know, he said, even earlier on, he said, I've got a way and if I really want to know, God will show me. And then later on, he had another sign. What was it? The very thoughts and intents of the heart. But earlier on, he, he just, well, he went up there. And, and so he, you know the story? He, he, now, he tells this. Early on, he goes to Milltown. He finally figures out where it's at. And he goes into, a, I believe it was a five and dime store, and he buys a box, and he comes out and sets it on the ground on the corner. And he said, I stand up on the box, and I'm ready to preach. Because, you know, he used to preach on the street. You know what he said? I couldn't think of nothing to preach. Brother Branham. He said, I stood there, and he said, I couldn't think of nothing to preach. I think I've got it bad sometimes. I'm like, well, thank you, Lord, when I heard that. I said, well, praise the Lord. You know what? He wasn't supposed to do that. And he took that as well, okay. So then what did he do? He was just feeling his way. Sometimes we got to feel our way through life. It ain't always a clear-cut path. It ain't always clear-cut. He was in brambles. Remember that in the vision? He was in brambles, and he seen the little lamb caught in the brambles. It's nice when it's clear-cut, ain't it? You pray about it, and boy, the door opens. Woo! You run right through. But sometimes it's like it's a little murky and you got to really wait and see. And, and then he walks up to the hill and there was a scandal with the old church up there. It used to be a Baptist church and, and uh, the preacher ran off with another woman. And Well, he said, well, the city owns it now. And he's sitting there and he said, well, Lord, if you want me to get in this church, send somebody by. As soon as he said, a man come by, you want in the church? Well, yes, sir. I want to hold a revival. And so he holds a revival and he's sitting there. And he goes all over town. Everybody says, oh, I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't need none of that stuff. And I believe he said they buried the man a few days later. He criticized him. He said, oh, I don't, need, I don't, I don't believe in all that old stuff. And they took, they took the man out and buried him. So he's sitting there. He said it was me. And I believe Brother Wright and his wife and another person is all it was, four people. He said, well, I went ahead and preached just as hard as I'm preaching now and kept on preaching. He said directly a man come up and beat his Old corn cob pop on the side of the church and said, where's that little Billy Sunday at? 
And they said, oh boy, he's one of the meanest rascals in town. But you know what? The Lord led him. To, yes, amen. Brother Bram led him to the Lord, amen. So went on, and this is the story I'm gonna get to right here now. So it says, now the word, now this is what he says, says, for I call her name, and her people belong, said her people belong to a certain denomination of church that absolutely doesn't believe in the spirit. The word is dead until it's quickened by the spirit. Now that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. The word is dead. You can hear it, and you can hear it, and you can hear it, and you can intellectually believe it, but if it's never quickened by the Spirit, it's dead. Mm. That's strong. But they don't believe in that. A church, I don't know whether you have them up here or not, so they had made an announcement that anybody that attended my church would be given their letter when they come back. That, that means they'd given the boot. Get on out the door. You don't get your letter, you take this and go to another church is what, what they would do. So I said, all right, somebody will come. So we had a church full that winter. Now, wait a minute. Here it was, he was all the way in Jeffersonville and he had that vision and it was days and weeks before he even figure out where Milltown was. Then he goes down and goes through all this and has a revival up on the hill and says he had a church full that winter. So now we're getting into months now. Oh my. Okay. And so Mr. Hall came to me and said, Brother Branham, there's a little girl laying over the hill here. She's about 20 years old. She's been laying flat on her back for nine years and eight months, not to move from the bed, tubercular plumb through. The doctors haven't even visited her for the last three or four years. There's nothing they've done since last year. She's had tubercular of the throat, tubercular of the lungs, tubercular of the intestinal tract, tubercular of the female organs, and said she got your little book. Now get this, pay attention. She got your little book a couple of months ago. And she's been crying and praying and wants you to come. But her father is a deacon in this church and her mother is an organist over there so they will not permit you to come. When did God hear her prayer? <laughs> when did he hear her prayer? He told Daniel from the first day, from the first day that you started praying, God heard you. But see, now, and said that, something said to me, there's that lamb that's hooked in the wilderness. So I thought, oh, well, Lord, you'll make a way. I'll just wait for you. But I knew that was the witness of the Spirit. I waited. And so I went down across the hill, and all the Christians said, if that girl gets healed, it'll turn everything in this country to crying. Okay, that's what they said. Oh, if this happens, then we'll believe. If this happens, okay, but that's just the time you want to watch. God doesn't heal to make showing. See? And they won't do it. Usually that's the hardest person in the world to be healed when everybody's looking. Then all the demons with their power focus right on them in their unbelief. Unbelief is the demon power, of course. He that believeth not is condemned already. Wow. Demons have power. Now they don't have bodies. They don't have a body. They're, 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 just, they're just phantoms, spirits. But they have power. And Brother Branham was praying, and I'll, I might find it, but if I can't, just take my word for it. But he was praying for a woman, and he said, how many of you ever heard him say, wait a minute, I'm praying for this sister, but I saw something over here. Oh, it's a demon crying over here. 
He said, I was praying for her. She had nervousness, but I saw a black streak go to this woman over here. He said, those demons are calling to each other. This is what he said, trying to accumulate unbelief. Mm. But we don't have to go to church. See, we can be just as good a Christian at home. Let me tell you something. Even the demon powers know that you've got strength in numbers. That's proof of it. He said they're calling to each other to accumulate unbelief. Mm. Powerful. How much more should we get together? Listen to the words of Paul. Forsake not to assemble yourself as the custom of some is. Brother Bram said the custom of the some was unbelievers. That's what he said. That was the custom of the unbelievers. Don't, you don't have to come to church. I can, I've heard many, I can be just as good a Christian at home. That's not what the word says. But my friends, she's my piano player at the Milltown Baptist Church tonight. But do they believe? No. Even one raised from the dead, they don't believe it. And by the way, a man that laid in the morgue pronounced dead by three doctors when I went in to where he was at. Three doctors. You, we, now, we hear this, and he says this in almost a passing remark. Think about this. A man laying in the morgue. Three doctors already said he's dead. And he's, he's driving a Pennsylvania locomotive tonight. That's what he said. And still they don't believe that's true, that's true. They won't believe. Now, what I'm trying to get to is Brother Branham said that what held off the angel from getting to Daniel. You want me to read it to you? But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, Brother Branham said this. He said, you think of it. All of the sin that was in the city of Babylon at that time held off the angel for 21 days. He said this. He said, how much more, how much more will the angel, a healing angel, be held off from you with all the sin that's in the land now? See? Let me tell you something. It's worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. When we think of Sodom and Gomorrah, let me tell you what Jesus said about Sodom and Gomorrah. They were bad. They were as bad as you can get. But he told Capernaum, he said, oh, Capernaum, if the works that I've done in you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. Mm. You think about that. If the works that had been done, that have been done in this state, in this nation, in these cities around about where the resurrected Lord Jesus has been put on display, had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented to the last homosexual and they would have put on sackcloth and ashes and asked God to forgive them of their sins. This nation has no hope. She, Brother Branham said she's crossed the line of mercy. Don't even pray for it. God told Jeremiah, quit praying for him. Is that right? He said, don't even pray for this bunch out here. Now, I'm not talking about the unbelievers. I'm talking about this nation and this man's systems that I'm talking about. 
Mm. The individuals, yes. But this nation as a whole, oh God, get me out of here. Raphael Warlock or Mornock or whatever he is and Herschel, I don't care. These, what are they going to do? Oh my goodness. It's all just a conglomeration. Now, about to see, go down to number six. I got all these all jumbled up. Brother, I'm going to get you to pull that up in just a moment. Brother Brad's back there. I only gave him about 20 quotes to pull up for me and I hadn't got to one of them yet. Is that all right? But I want to, <laughs> Brother Jason, oh my. All right, so, but my friend, let's see, uh, go up to number, well, it'd help, it'd help if I put my glasses on maybe a little bit. Now, well, anyway, so I want to talk to you about that in belief. I'm, I'm getting ready to close in about, just give me about 10 more minutes. Is that all right? Okay. Brother, pull up that first one, uh, if you don't mind. Let's see if I can go down there. I'll try to read along with you there. Now, okay, I'll, before you do that, now notice in the human body, now I'm going to get to Matthew 12, when Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out from a man, okay? Now, I'll just read that right fast so you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I believe it's Matthew 12, I believe is where it's at. And he says that when an unclean spirit goes out from a man, he walks in dry places, finding no rest. Can't find a rest. Wonder why. He can't find no rest. He's in dry places. He can't get in nobody. See, they, 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 they're limited, evidently. Now, I don't understand the spirit of the world. Me and Brother J.D. were talking. We were sending quotes back and forth, and, and, and we were talking and sending texts. And he said, man, Brother Joe, he said, he said, you, he said I'm, I'm going to have to do a study on this. <laughs> so, but, so Jesus said this, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. I wonder, I, these things are just, they escape me. But these demons, have, they rest and they're looking, and they want things. And, and, and Jesus even turned to Peter, and, and when he was trying to tell him, oh, Lord, don't say you're not going to the cross. Say it ain't so, Lord. He didn't say it like that, but he said, Lord, you, say you're not going to the cross. Jesus said, get thee behind me, devil, for thou savorest the things of man. What is savor? means you desire, you long for, you hunger for the things of man and not the things of God. So these demons hunger for things. They long for things. They want to be in you. Why? It's too. And it's finding no rest. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came. Now what house is he talking about? That was the spirit you had that you let, that you got prayed for. Or maybe you heard the word and it left from you. But then you, you've allowed it. Maybe you got a little slack on your prayer life. Maybe you got around the wrong crowd a little, a little bit. Let me tell you something. That's easy to do. I was the wrong crowd at one time. A lot of folks say I got around the wrong crowd. I was the wrong crowd. So I know I know what I'm talking about. So maybe you get a little slack and, and, and then where the, the spirit had gone out from you. Now, Brother Bram, he used this also in healing. He said, you come up here and you pray for, the spirit goes. Yeah. But then he said, now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. This is what he's talking about right here. Everybody pay attention just for a few more minutes. Then he saith, I will return into my house, this body, from whence I came out. And when he's come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. See, you got justified, maybe even sanctified. Sounds like they got a little sanctified, don't it? Mm. 
Then he goeth and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now he was speaking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the other different ones. Speaking to you and I. He's speaking to this generation. He's speaking to this modern Jerusalem that we're in now. All right. So he says this right here. And I may not even be able to get to this, but I'm going to try to. Now, okay, let me, all right, go ahead, brother. That, um, I believe it's uh, verse uh, 79. Okay, okay I'll, I'll read that one. Now, the lie detector will not work on your mind. Did you know that? It won't work on your mind. You can put a lie detector on a monkey, it won't do nothing. Because animals can't lie. Dog can't lie. Lie detector, it'll, it'll work on your soul. It'll work on your, it won't work on your intellects. There's some people can impersonate the truth. They impersonate, yet it being a lie, and can impersonate it till they can deceive like anything. I did not know that a lie detector took your soul. That's what he said. It's picking up on, what is it? The Bible says, as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Where's your soul? It's in your heart. Now, go down to 79, brother. Now, he's talking about Brother Jason taught, preached on this on the haunted house of hell. And I wanted to kind of expound on it because he, he's explaining here about how that those demons, you can have an intellectual concept and you can keep moving on and yet leave your soul behind. Miss John Doe, she was a good woman. As far as we know, she married Mr. Doe. He was a fine Christian man at the age of about 30 or something like that. Just a random story. No, it wasn't a random story. Mrs. Doe was an attractive woman. She goes away and begins to associate with the neighbors. She gets out amongst the world of the crowd. Now notice she gets out um, amongst the crowd. She began to associate with the rest of the people. Not bad people, good people. The religious people, maybe in her neighborhood. She begins to associate with those people. And while she's associating with those people, she knows that she's a good woman. And the first thing you know, something takes a hold of her. Mm. What is that? It's a spirit. She becomes attracted to another man. Why? He's a very attractive man. He's more attractive than her husband. And something happens to her that she feels she falls in love with this man. Now listen, way down deep in her soul, the word of God begins to boil up and says, you're wrong. Your vow is that you'll stick to this man until death shall separate you no matter what he looks like. What a more attractive woman or man, and it worked either way. You're vowed to this person until death. You separate, but you will go to the intellectual. You'll think, here's Mrs. Jones. She plays the piano. She's a good woman. Why, she has did this and reasoning. You'll see the other women begin to dress immorally, and they wear those little old clothes, and they wear in summertime around here, mostly in winter, if they could, just simply vulgar, and you'll get out. Now, ladies, I want you to forgive me. Now, I added this in here because I think it, it needs to be read. I want you to forgive me, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm not here to hurt your feelings. God knows it's not, but I'm here as a gospel preacher to let you know what's the truth. Then you do with whatever you wish to. Then when you go to doing those things, you'll begin to reason. If this woman can do it, she's well thought of. She goes to church. She lives in ranks of society. Why can't I do it? That's reasoning. When your soul tells you it's wrong, God covered women up and man up in the Garden of Eden. Never stripped them. See, but it's reasoning. You'll reason it out. The rest of them are doing it. Younger girl, Girls, you take heed this morning to the gospel. The gospel said, let the women dress themselves in modest apparel, not immodest, 
modest apparel, and it's getting a disgrace. We went downtown the other day, and they had a fair, I mean, a parade going on, and let me tell you, what a conglomeration. 91. The first time she grieved it back there, when she started out running around on her husband, here is her intellect here. Here is her soul here. Now, wait, I believe... I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I believe he's saying, here's her intellect here and here's her soul here, okay? So just get that in your mind. There is a separating line here that if it ever crosses, it'll never cross back again. It'll never come again. Think of it, and she keeps on. Now, he's not saying you can't repent and come back, but he's saying if you continue on in sin and you just keep walking the way you want to walk, Brother Matt was telling me that he heard that Anton LaVey, who was a leader of the Satanic Church of America, anybody ever heard of him? That he said that the most Satanic song ever written was I Did It My Way. It was performed by Frank Sinatra, and guess who else made it popular? Elvis Presley. I Did It My Way. Why? You're going to do it your way. Ain't that what Cain did? He did it his way, didn't he? When he, he even told Cain, God even told him, he said, if you will come and bring the same sacrifice as Abel did, I'll accept your sacrifice. Amen. You talk about grace. But he wouldn't do it. He had to do it his way. Amen. It'll never come. It'll never come again. Think of it. She keeps on. After a while, when she sins against this thing on the inside of her that speaks about the word of God, the first thing you know, she'll become all involved in this intellect, leaving the soul alone. The Bible said, the soul that sinneth, that soul shall die. Die means separate. So now she knows it's wrong, but yet she's been, she's thinking now. That's the intellect is taking over. Her heart's telling her different, but oh, wait, wait a minute. Now, I know what the old fogey preacher over there, and they got the clothesline religion, and, and I, they just talk about women wearing dresses and not cutting their hair and, and wearing makeup and things like that. And, and I, we're in a modern day nowadays, and that's old-timey stuff, and we're modern people nowadays. See, that's intellect. It ain't gonna hurt to put on a little bit of rouge or a little bit of something here and there to cover up this, that, and the other. Mm, okay. Oh, it got quiet. Mm. Now, then the soul, the conscience that once condemns you isn't there anymore. 93, is that it? And you've gone all together in the intellectual. You go join some old, cold, formal church that don't believe in those things. You can go to, you can, I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you can find a church that will put up with anything that you want to do. If you want to be a cross-dressing, cisgendered, identify as a woman now, you can find a church that'll let you come in there and be the deacon. We were making a joke about that. Uh, 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 like there used to be a deodorant that was called secret. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. They wouldn't even be able to say that anymore. Right. Strong enough for a cisgendered non no, what is it? what would it be? Strong enough for a cisgendered male, but strong enough for a non-binary uh, person who identifies as a female now. Wow. Wow. That's, that's what the commercial would say. Wow. Absolute, complete garbage. But you can find anything you want to find. You want to wear your britches? You'll be fine. There's churches all around. Used to be Pentecostal holiness. I saw a Pentecostal holiness church where the women had on the britches and the men come out with shorts on. And called themselves holiness. 
What would be worse, a woman wearing short shorts or, or pants? Brother Bram said pants. He said it's an abomination to God. Deuteronomy 22. Go, go read it sometime. Now, so it says you go on to some old cold formal church that don't believe in those things, on out into hog eat hog, and the first thing you know, the soul that condemns you for the first time you told a lie, the first time you put on those short clothes, first time you did immoral acts will become so dead to you, you won't feel it anymore. On and on you'll go, and after a while, death will catch up with you. You're living out yonder, your pastor will come and say, not this pastor, but the, the new pastor. At, at the church of anything goes, right? You're living out yonder. Your pastor will come and say, all things are all right, my sister. You're ready to go now. God bless your heart. Everything is all right. She'll believe the same. And the first thing you know, when it comes down, I heard a man say one time, he's a preacher too. He said, you know what? Because uh, my father-in-law was talking about women wearing makeup. He said, well, you know what? He said, I got an old barn. And I tell you what, I ain't never seen a barn that, that couldn't stand a coat of paint on it. That's a, a preacher now. My goodness. Why? With all the reasoning power she has, she's gone to church. She has given to charity. She's done everything that's right. Belong to, I'm going to say, rotary and everything. She thinks so everything's right in her mind. She's followed the dictates of her mind. Let me tell you something. Just because it's legal in this day and time don't mean it's right. I, I had a debate with a man one time. He was talking about, is it wrong to smoke and drink? I said, yes, it's wrong to smoke and drink. He's like, well, how come it's legal? I said, well, are you going to smoke marijuana when it's legal? Well, no. Well, guess what? It's legal now. We were going down. We smelled it the other day. We were going down the road. And we were smelling it. And my son said, Daddy, it smells like Macon around here. There's <laughs> more people smoke pot now than they do cigarettes, I believe. You see them vaping and they roll the window down. It's blowing out. I think the car's on fire. Whoa. Smells like making around here. With all the reason and power she has, she's gone to church to give a charity. She's followed the dictates of her mind. I know I should go to church. I know I should be friendly. I know I see just all these little goody two-shoe things that the devil will let you get by with. He'll tell you that's what you need to do to be a good person. Mm. But still, what is it? She's grieved away this fellow, what? The soul. And then in the hour of her death, when she gets ready to die, she's laying on the bed, and all at once she wakes up and hollers, oh my God, I'm lost. The pastor will say, give her a hypo. Talking about a hypodermic needle. She is delirious, and he'll shoot a hypo in it, and she'll try to speak. She can't speak. She'll murmur. What is it? Her soul has caught up with her before death. Oh my so now she's just bebopping along and oh, death strikes her and she's down. But now, see, the soul, all the reasoning is starting to go. All the reasons why. Well, you know, I did so and so. I left my husband because he just, I don't like the way he, he laughed and, and I didn't like the way he chewed his food and he sweated a lot. And, and I didn't like my wife because she would nag and she would do things like this, that, and other. And then you go out and get 15 other ones and, and then it catches up with you. And you say, well, I didn't like that church because the music was too loud. And they had an old preacher up there to sound like he come out, fell off a turnip wagon. And he used to preach for us on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. And, and I didn't like the way he talked. He was a, one of them old time preachers that believed in holy living. I didn't like to listen to him because he hollered a little bit too loud sometimes. And, oh, and, and so, you, you, so now all those things are starting to catch up with you. And you say, well, wait a minute. Maybe that pastor was right. Maybe he was looking after my soul. Maybe he wasn't, 
maybe that pastor wasn't, wasn't trying to get a jet airplane like some of these out there are. Maybe he wasn't trying to get limousines and, and a house at the beach and one in the mountains and one in the desert and one over in Israel somewhere too. Maybe this pastor wasn't, wasn't after the almighty dollar. Maybe he believed in almighty God that could clean up a, an old tile, an old sinner and take him and make him live like a son and a daughter of God. Maybe this old preacher that I used to look, look down on, maybe he was right. Maybe, maybe I need to repent. Maybe I need to just, and about that time, they get stuck with a hypo and she can't talk. Brother Bram says she tries to speak and he says, oh, but it'll catch you sometime. It's all come back to you, the dirty things, the bad things, the tattling, the babbling, the backbiting, the selfishness, the things you've done. That's all come back to you someday laying on the deathbed. How the hypo needle in these last days has stopped the deathbed confessions of thousands. Shoot the needle in them, numb them. He's trying to speak. What is it? His soul's caught up with him here. That soul and spirit is this thing here that the intellectual is fixing to fail. It's only in the mind, the intellectual. What you live by is going to perish. But that soul that you've grieved from your intellectual is going to haunt you through eternity. Don't you listen to an uncertain sound. You believe the gospel in its fullness. Yes, sir. Oh, say, I went to church. I did what was right. I paid tithes. Those things are all right, but that's intellectual. And look, when you're trying to stop with that hypo needle in their arm, let them be numbed off so they don't know nothing. And they're trying to speak. They're souls caught up with them. They realize that their reasoning, their mind is perishing with the brain. Perishing with the brain? The mind? Yes, sir. Your mind will perish with your death. I'll prove it to you. The lie detector don't take your mind. It takes your soul. The vibration of your nerves don't run on your mind. It runs on your soul, amen. So your intellects will die when your brain ceases to function. When the blood fails to pour through the brain and the nerves cease, then your mind goes away and your soul catches up with you. And when this woman's soul catches up with her, she says, my God, I'm lost. And they think, oh, it's delirious. They shoot a hypo and needle in her. She begins to numb off. She can't speak anymore. She's trying. She's rolling. She's in agony. The doctor says, give her another. Deaden her until the death angel sweeps her spirit from her. But that hypo needle might deaden the flesh. It might deaden the mind, but that can't deaden that soul that knows it's sin before God. It'll haunt her through ceaseless ages and through eternity. That soul will still haunt and haunt and haunt as the ages roll on. But if the truth was only known, I'm, I, I'm sorry, 112, but I didn't tell you that. But if the truth was only known out into a haunting place called hell, that soul that separated from her here on earth, that she listened to an uncertain sound and she went off into eternity without knowing God, without knowing Christ as the new birth. She believed in her heart. She believed it in her mind. She thought she was right, but she was wrong. Oh my, not just her, him too, anybody. Now I know that's a sobering thought tonight. And I hope it's a sobering thought. But this are, these are the spirits that Brother Branham was dealing with down there in that area. The unbelief was so strong. They had let, they had let the intellectual take over. They, they had let and they had deadened their soul away. They, they denied the moving of God. They denied the Holy Spirit moving. They denied divine healing. But yet, in all of that, God still broke through. In all of that, there was still faith. It takes a while. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that Jesus could not do very many mighty works because of the unbelief. Amen. We don't want to have that same unbelief here and here tonight, do we? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Oh, my, I'm sorry. I held you so long. It's been a little bit over an hour. Do you love him? Amen.
Let's just bow our heads while the musicians would come on up. Heavenly Father, we're, Lord, so thankful tonight, God, for your mercy. Oh, your grace and mercy has followed me. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving me out there, Lord. Thank you for pricking my soul. Thank you for pricking my conscience, Lord. Oh, God, thank you for the drawing power that wouldn't let me stay out there amongst the, the garbage heap of the world. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that draws. For no man has ever sought you, Lord, but you called us. Lord, you wouldn't rest day or night until you found your little lost sheep. Lord, I thank you so much tonight. God, help us, Lord, to Lord, have a life that's worthy of this gospel. Not to get mad at the preacher when he says something we don't like. Not to get, not to get all uptight and, and, and say, well, I, I just I, it's too straight for me to live it. Yes, it is. It's too straight for you to live it. Why don't you give up one time and let him live it through you? It's too hard. It's too strong, as Paul said. All these things that we fight, it's a, it's a warfare. It's a warfare. The weapons that we have are not carnal. It's not intellect. It's not self-help. It's not doing good for charity. All those things are fine. But it's a, it's, a, it's a weapon of our warfare is mighty through God to pull down all these strongholds in our life that would try to pull us away, that would try to, try to take us away from the Word of God away from church, away from brothers and sisters and fellowship and believers. Oh God, help us tonight, Lord, to, to anytime something would come up in the church, Lord, a little hard feeling, or maybe somebody says something, Lord. May we quickly run and bind together and pray, Lord, and lift up that, as Paul said, above all, to lift up the shield of faith. Lord, that we can quench all the fiery darts of the devil. We're all susceptible, Lord, to temptation. Lord, even you, for 40 long days in the wilderness, were tempted, Lord, by the devil. Oh, God, you're not, a, you're not my superhero, God. You are the only hero. You're the everlasting. Lord, you're the champion of death, hell, and the grave and sin. You're the champion of, of every weakness and every failure, Lord, that I have. Oh, God, when you rose on that third day, God, you, you proved that you were the mighty conqueror. Oh, how many men through the ages, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, different ones, Adolf Hitler, have tried to conquer the world through power and through greed and through force and through might. But, oh, God, how you conquered it all and you made a new covenant with man and oh that glorious rainbow that's been perverted now by this ungodly demonic age that we live in but that rainbow oh God that, that covenant of that blood Lord God we claim it tonight oh God may we lift up our hands and pledge our allegiance to the mighty conqueror tonight say oh God I know I'm a failure I failed you so many times, Lord. I haven't been faithful, Lord. But oh God, you're faithful. I, I've, I've, Lord, I've fell back. I, I've done this, I've done that. But oh God, you're, you've always stood. You've always stood faithful and, and true. I've been wrong, Lord, but you're right. 
Oh God, I've been lost, but you found me. Oh God, I will love you tonight. God, I commit this service in your hands. Lord, may you take it, Lord. And I just pray, dear God, it may be something was said that was a help to somebody. God, you know my heart. I love you, Lord. I believe everybody in here under the sound of my voice loves you. And God, our souls grieve, Lord. The Bible says for the angel to mark those that sigh and cry for the abominations done in the city. Oh God, my soul is crying. It's sighing, Lord, for the abominations that's done for the people that have turned their back on your word. For the people that say, I can do it my way. I'm just doing my own thing. I can do it my way. God, help me tonight. Help each one of us here, Lord, to have a a heart, oh God, that beats only to you. Make all of our desires, Lord, only be to thee, oh God. (laughs) Oh God, let a song be on our lips during the day. Let thanksgiving be in our hearts, Lord. Let there be no malice, no bitterness, Lord. Give no place to the devil. Oh, God, help us, Lord. It's the little things. Lord, it's the little things that can turn into big things. Oh, God, help us to have a testimony, Lord. I want to be like Enoch. Oh, God, he had a testimony that he pleased you. And oh, God, one day you just took him. He just walked right off this earth. Lord, I know that we have to live here on this earth and we're here But, oh, God, lift us up in the higher heights, deeper depths with Thee, oh, God. My soul is calling out to Thee as deep calleth to deep, as the heart panteth for water brooks. Oh, God, that name above all names, the glorious name of Jesus. Lord, I love You. Holy Holy, holy is the Lord. Will he tell me Jesus died for my transgressions? Oh, that he paid that price long, long time ago. Oh, and He gave His life for me on a hill called Calvary. Oh, there's something else I want to know. Does He still Feel the nails every time I fail. Can he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Oh God, and I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. Well, it seems so good. Well, it seems that I'm so good. 
at breaking promises. Oh, I treat his precious grace so carelessly. Hallelujah. Oh, but each time he forgives, then what if he relives the agony he felt on that tree? Does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Have I hear the crowd cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? And I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Oh, again. crucified you Jesus with my sin oh I'm tired of playing games oh I really want to change I really want Chastity Bowman, I'm sorry, Charity Bowman, I'd like prayer. You're better now. <laughs> You're better. Amen. All right. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you wanted to say it. Okay. Brother Donald Jackson, please pray for my cousin's granddaughter, 
Her name is Peyton. She was born with spina bifida. She's around 10 years old. And is going to have a third shunt in her brain. She's a darling little girl who's begun to put a few words together recently and scoot across the floor. Praying the shunt will help stop her seizures. Amen. Oh, my. Boy, that devil, he's something else, ain't he? I know a brother, he's, we've prayed and prayed for him, and God has done miracles that his spine was born on the outside of his body. And I, I couldn't tell you, if I told you the game that he's killed, you wouldn't believe me. He shot a buffalo that the head almost covers a wall. He's got the most beautiful bucks that he's, the Lord's just blessed him and blessed him. So let's pray for this girl that God will touch her heart and touch her body that she can, she can be well and live a normal life. Amen. Will you believe with me? Amen. Now, if the demons can accumulate unbelief, surely we can accumulate faith in here tonight. You believe? Say, I believe you, Lord. I believe you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every stripe was written down. God took a stripe for that spina bifida. He took one for cancer. He took one for diabetes. We claim that stripe tonight for that spina bifida for her. Heavenly Father, oh God, how we come to you, Lord, knowing, dear Lord, that you are a healer. And you're the same, Lord, tonight as you were 2,000 years ago, the same that you were 50 years ago, 60, 70. God, when you were healing, Lord, I pray, dear Father, that you would help us, oh God, to lift up that shield of faith tonight, dear God, and stand together as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, as we can boldly approach the throne tonight, oh God, knowing that you've given the promise, Lord, and we believe you, Father, and we take you at your word, and we pray, dear God, that you'll bring healing to this young girl, dear Father, that you'll touch her body, Lord. Make it so, Lord, Dear God, that the, when the, the doctors, uh, I know you're, you're touching them, Lord, and you use them, Father, to bring about healing. And God, I pray that you would just guide their hands, Lord, for this operation. And may she be well, dear Lord, for your glory and for your honor. And we'll be sure to give you praise and glory for it all, Lord. For we know that you are a healer tonight. God, you are the God that heals all of our diseases. And we thank thee, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you play that song, What a Wonderful Name It Is? Do you know it? What a Wonderful Name It Is. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Without us. Jesus, you brought heaven Hallelujah. My sin was great, your grave was greater. What can separate? Can separate us now. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Christ my King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this 
nothing compares, amen. Wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Mm. One with God, the name it is what a wonderful name can you just lift your hands lift your hands to the Lord tonight of Jesus Christ our King always oh, my King what a wonderful name it is is he worthy of your praise tonight one fan pairs to this what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus amen amen you're dismissed tonight amen God bless you you love him take the name of Jesus with you amen
Nothing can stand 